0: Hello everybody, FPL Teacher here. Having sat through Chelsea 2, West Ham 1, we look at Tuchel's final gamble as he rested majority of his starting 11, including some key attackers, how they didn't amount to much and ultimately relied on their first choice 11 returning in the second half to make the dip- biggest difference. We also look at what West Ham did notably to curb the biggest threats of their Chelsea side and what they can potentially move into the future. In a massive reversal of roles, Chelsea, usually dictating play from deep, providing penetration through Jorginho, completely benched the guy. Instead, relying on penetration further up the field, trying to link Matteo Kovacic with the front three of Pulisic, Raheem Sterling and Rhys James. Now, <clears throat> this doesn't imply that Rhys James play anything unusual, but... Chelsea basically attacked mostly through the right side where Kovacic and Pulisic drifted very, very far into the right-hand side of the pitch, trying to link up with Reese James. And they did so successfully. There were two problems with this approach. Number one is that obviously when they get to the byline (laughs) with Reese James on the ball, there were barely any targets for James to aim at. It was basically either Pulisic making a near post run or Raheem Sterling completely... Out physical by the West Ham centre-backs. Secondly, because West Ham played a unique formation here, their centre-backs, Emerson was also a third centre-back here, were unusually aggressive against Chelsea's forwards. So when Piusznik dropped, when Kovacic came up, you could see that Declan Rice was covering acres of space, trying to push out to Reese James, covering any space left untouched. So, Chelsea themselves did not have a lot of room without a number 9 pinning the centre-backs back. So, <clears throat> it was only in the second half that key substitutions made a difference when they eventually brought on Mound and Jorginho and, and Kai Havertz who eventually got the winner. Now, a note on Chelsea's substitutions which brought about a skill set that this starting 11 didn't have presence in the penalty area. Amando Broya is not a goal poacher, he is not the fastest nor the strongest, but he has a specific role here, which is to position himself within the goalkeeper's eye line so that he is seen by the centre backs. As long as he occupies centre backs, everyone else around him can make runs completely undetected and so they pull position they pull defenders out of positions in that way. Ben Chilwell's goal was the most obvious example, where the centre-backs were initially marking Broya, but after Chilwell made his run, it forced West Ham's defenders to look in the wrong direction as Chilwell received the ball, really. And that's how Chilwell, despite being smaller, managed to out-jump two West Ham centre-backs. Now, the same goes for Kai Havertz's goals, where Broya was basically occupying that left-hand side, working with Chilwell and Um, I think Mason Mount was also making the near post run here. So, Kai Havertz would be the underrated penalty box target where he does what he usually does, (laughs) running onto the blind side of defenders and either getting shots or haters at goal. Now, um, this definitely tolls the narrative line. So, moving forward, it just goes to show that it's not just about Jorginho now. Everyone in that starting 11 matters from Kai Harvest to Mason Mount selfless runs to any sort of penetration from James and Chilwell or whoever that left wing back is. For FPL purposes, the introduction of Obama Yang should work as a plug and play option, but honestly, if Armando Broya fits into this system, it wouldn't be a bad fit either. Okay. West Ham. So they've flitted between a four three three and a three five two now. And they went for the latter here, but with a slightly unique setup. With this five three two put Emerson as a left center back instead of a left wing back. And this in turn pushed for now in the left wing back. So they really respected the threat of Reese James, first and foremost. Secondly, <clears throat> the fact that Rice and Suchek covered so much ground in midfield meant that three centre-backs had to step up and push up onto Chelsea's attacking midfielders. And they did so fantastically. The fact that their outside centre-backs are naturally mobile, Tilo Chiara was actually more frequently used as a fullback for PSG, meant that they could push into midfield without any worry, covering for the likes of Rice and Suchek. And the system worked perfectly unless... Kovacic ventured into attacking midfield himself. Now, that being said, with Chelsea having Ruben Loftus-Cheek as a defensive midfielder, Chelsea had no attacking threat from deep until the second half. So, we need to talk about what West Ham could do on the counter-attack. Now, Bowen and Antonio as a front two, they can break on the counter all they want. But... The gem here is Lucas Paqueta at 6 million as a midfielder. Now, <clears throat> his pressure on the left side to help West Ham press as a front three is somewhat expected and he did so quite well. But more importantly is that Paqueta has this ability to play really strong through balls into space. So he recognises where space is on the counter-attack. And it just was such a shame that Jared Bowen in particular did not read Paquetá's passes well enough. In the first half, a lot of counter-attacks broke down simply because Paquetá went, Bowen, run, I give you a long through ball. And Bowen dropped short and he expected the ball to feed. So... Once they sort that miscommunication out, I can suspect they will do relatively well. Now, it unfortunately doesn't help that Rama and Corne are fantastic substitutes and the both of them linked up for a really good chance later on. So, it remains to be seen who will stay in this starting eleven. But West Ham have a lot of options. You don't have to rely on Fornals or Lanzini for set-piece or tactical threats anymore. In conclusion, Chelsea, the enigmatic side with barely any centre-forwards, now have Broya and Aubameyang to choose from based on whoever their new manager is. If Graham Potter signs, well, we might need to throw centre-backs out the window as a concept. But as it stands, they do still rely on their first 11 to create the most. While West Ham themselves now have four attacking midfielders to choose from to make a difference, India Games. This is a field teacher speaking who will touch on Newcastle nil, Palace nil up next. Whew, what a firecracker!